You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 227 with Alan Stevens. Today's focus is on the ability to read other people. What does that even mean? And what does it mean to you? You're about to find out. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. And today we're going to pay it forward in a big way by talking about the importance of the ability to read other people. This is such an intriguing conversation, and I really want to get right into it. But before we do, of course, I want to give you the opportunity to be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing Men of Abundance with everyone you come in contact with. Also, don't forget, take just a few minutes to go to iTunes or go to one of the buttons underneath the podcast player at menofabundance.com, click on the leave a review and leave a rating and review on iTunes that will help us out so much because I really want to hear what you have to say about the show. I'm loving it. I know others are loving it. I want to hear from you. And men, you can get in on the conversation by getting access to our private Facebook group, our closed Facebook group. The way you get access, or request access anyway, is to go to menofabundance.com and click on the members tab at the top of the page. And look at that page there and just request access from right there. That's the easiest way to get in there. And the easiest way to get in on the conversation because I post every one of these episodes in that group. We can continue the conversation there or we can even start conversations. I look forward to seeing you in there. So when it comes to reading other people's mood and personality, many, quite frankly, are oblivious, while some are truly tuned in, like Alan is. Reading people is not a skill that, is, that usually comes natural, but it can be taught, and you can learn it. I believe harnessing the power to read other people will greatly enhance your life and your ability to be a man of abundance. So let me introduce you to our featured guest today. Alan Stevens is an international profile and communication specialist. He is regularly featured on national TV, radio, and the world's press, profiling the likes of our leading politicians, TV, and sports stars, as well as Britain's royalty. He is an Amazon number one best-selling author, a coach, and trainer. Alan teaches people how to understand themselves and read other people so that they can create better, longer-lasting relationships in all areas of their life, in business to increase sales and improve staff and customer loyalty, and raise and educate children. With international clients like Disney Films and Gillette, high-profile organizations like the Australian Federal Police, Alan works with business owners and executives to understand and engage their clients and prospects, enhancing their presentations and negotiation skills. He also works with teachers to help them enhance the ability of their students to reach their full potential while improving their experience of both teacher and student. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Alan Stevens. Alan, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. And thanks for uh, inviting me along. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Let me refresh my memory here. Who introduced us? 
So Nicole Jensen introduced us, and uh, she's introduced me to some other just amazing people to have conversations with. So basically, there's just a handful of people, literally less than a handful of people, who will recommend people to others to me to have a conversation with. And almost immediately, I can just say, yeah, without even looking at the bio or anything like that. And Nicole's one of them. I just absolutely, it's a done deal. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I met uh, Nicole probably about uh, a couple of years ago when I was interviewed by her and we've been good friends ever since. Yeah, she's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So where are you at in the world? I'm uh, in, uh, or where I'm located is actually in uh, Newcastle, Australia, in New South Wales. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. You know, I've been to 23 countries on five continents. Australia, since I was a kid, has been one of my top uh, locations to go to and, and to be quite uh, transparent on why is because I fell in love with Olivia Newton John. I was a grease. I was a grease junkie. You know, I literally watched Grease in the theater twenty three times. Mm. In fact, I have a autographed picture of John Travolta up here on my wall that one of my commanders gave to me as a get as a parting gift. Um, he bought on on eBay. But ironically enough, all the places I've been. Um, I've been to five continents, and of uh, all the continents I want to go, the other two continents I want to go to, Australia is the only one, and I have not mm. been there yet, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, we'll be moving into spring very shortly, and then we'll be moving into summer uh, towards Christmas time. So it's uh, usually a very warm time over here then. I'm sure it is, and you know, I really missed my opportunity because I was in Hawaii for so long. It would have been much easier to get over there from here, over to Australia mm. from Hawaii. But hey, it is what it is. Anyhow, oh, that's it. I like to start the show out the way I start every single morning. First thing I do when I open up my eyes is with an attitude of gratitude. Man, what do you have to be grateful for today? Oh, I would say grateful for all the friends I've got around me and the support that I'm getting, especially with the uh, some of the new projects that I've uh, started around uh, men, and uh, the support's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it looks like you got some amazing stuff going on. We're going to get into here in just a minute. And uh, so, how would you describe yourself? Oh, well, probably the best way to describe. Oh, first thing I usually tell people a bit a bit, bit about me as a person on the personal side. I'm now in my 60s, father of three boys with uh, five grandkids now, one granddaughter and four grandsons. Mm. Uh, I would say that I'm just somebody who just loves doing what I do. I like working with people and uh, seeing people achieve great results. You know, I was, I was watching through some of your videos and, you know, trying to you're, – you're different from anybody that I've had a conversation with and what you do. Um, but I'm super intrigued with it. So share with us a little bit about – what you do, and kind of a brief description of how, how did that come about? Where did that all come from? Okay, well, what I do is I, I help people with their relationships, but and I do that through being able to read people. So I'm a profiler and communication specialist, and when I mean profiler, I look at people's faces that tell me their personalities through their facial features, their uh, body language and expressions that tell me their emotions, and when you put it all together, you can then work out their character very quickly. So with those skills, I work with everything from young children, school teachers, trained psychologists on how to profile more effectively uh, in business, uh, helping uh, couples uh, bring their relationships back together again. Uh, at the end of the day, everything we do is based on relationships and nobody buys a service from us, uh, takes uh, buys one of our products or uh, even has a relationship with us unless they trust us. 
And that's what I do is told, show people how to read and understand other people more effectively so they can create uh, better relationships. So how does that look? Let's say, for instance, um, you're working with teachers and mm. obviously teachers are working with kids all day long. So I'm assuming that by working with teachers, you're helping them work with children. It, it kind of that's pays right. itself forward. So how does that look? What, what does that look like? Well, first of all, one of the biggest problems that teachers have is getting respect from the students. And one of the problems the students then have is um, if they do have a relationship with a teacher, they have uh, peer group pressure then. And so we have this cycle of um, changing behaviours all the time. So if a teacher can read a child's personality, understand how they like to be spoken to, how they take their information in and how they process it, they can then teach to the individual uh, styles and know how to talk to each one. Uh, when they're facing them, and in that way have a better connection with them and have a connection with all the kids. And by being able to read a, a child's um, learning, uh, well, say, for instance, they've got uh, three traits in particular. They are a sequential thinker where everything's got to be uh, connected. So it's almost like painting by numbers. Everything's got to be in the right order. They have to understand one thing completely before they get the next. Then they have to understand all of that before they get the next thing again. That child, if they get distracted, they've got a trait that says, says that they can't sit still, they're easily distracted. You know, it doesn't take long before they miss something the teacher said. They then get um, uh, disruptive in the class because they fall behind and they get frustrated. Next thing you know, we've got a child who's been diagnosed with a, um, a learning disability and we put them on drugs to fit them into the system. Well, if a teacher understands the, that child has a sequential learning uh, uh, trait, they've shown that they've been dis, there's a possibility they've been uh, dis, disconnected from what she was saying at the time or he was saying because they got uh, uh, distracted by the class, somebody else in the room. They can go back over it and make sure that they've connected that, uh, the, the items together so the child doesn't fall through the cracks because that's where a lot of our problems are coming from. Yeah, you pretty much just described my three boys. <laughs> the first two the youngest is nine he's going through a lot of that now in third grade but um the other two certainly you know teachers wanted to diagnose them with adhd and put them on drugs and we just completely refused and said that they're just you know and they all said they recommended we take them to a child psychologist to have them evaluated <clears throat> we did so and the, all of them said they're rambunctious young men there's nothing mm. wrong with them. You know, That's it's just it. the teachers and teachers have, you know, in, in that regard, teachers have a very hard job. They have a lot of students to work with. So I see how something like that would really be a very valuable tool for a teacher to exactly. use. How would some of that work in, let's say, relationships in the household or even in the workplace? Well, the same as in the uh, the classroom and that, um, and just on that with the uh, children, I profiled a young boy from his photographs over there in L.A., uh, gave the teacher and his parents information on how to speak to him and, in fact, profiled them as well on over Zoom where I could see them and told them to each of them how to change the way they like to be spoken to, the way the, the child want to be spoken to. He's now in high school. His behaviour had improved dramatically. He was no longer seeing the principal every other day and his academic levels had gone up. So then you come back to, you know, just taking that little bit of knowledge and you go, okay, looking at your partner, if you understand their personality traits, then you know why they behave the way they do, what pushes their buttons. And so you can set the environment up so that you don't push their buttons. Or when they, so you've got uh, 
yourself, for instance. I'll quickly your photograph, by the way. Sorry about that. No, absolutely <laughs> but, not. Uh, That's awesome. When I look at it, I see that you've got a static appreciation. It's how it feels inside to you so that, you know, it's got to feel right to you. But when you get stressed, if there's something you've got to work on, you'll work on it and you'll pull back from other people and say, look, I've just got to fix this. Now, if your partner had dramatic appreciation, somebody who has to express outwardly, they would be asking you what's going on. And that'd be annoying because you'd be pulling back saying, I've just got to fix this. Just leave me alone. So if you understand your partner's traits, you can uh, recognize why they're functioning the way they are in certain circumstances. You know whether it's to do with you or not, and you therefore know how to talk to them. So in the dating field, I help people to find the, the right partner and whether that person, especially on a dating site, whether they are really who they say they are for their facial features and what they've said about themselves. And then uh, once you've found that keeper, how do you talk to them and how do you treat them so that you keep them? Wow. And you get all of that basically just right out of first looking at the image or looking at the picture of the individual. That's it. See, if you think about people say, well, you know, is that clairvoyance or something like that? What it comes down to is if you think about it, you lift weights, you know, you do a bicep curl, you lift weights and you actually change the direction of your hand, you'll change the, the striations, the, the ridges and crevices in the muscles. So the same thing happens that when you're thinking, you'll pull expressions and those little ridges and crevices, they're the things that I'm reading on the face. Hmm. And that tells me how you have been thinking over a long term of period, which tells me your personality. Yeah, this has always intrigued me for many, many years. I've read books about body language and all this kind of stuff. And literally just this morning, my wife and I was watching several episodes of the uh, a show on I think it was on Hulu or Netflix called Brain Games. And hmm. one of the exercises that they did was they had a picture of two different people and they did they had multiple couples but they had a picture of two different people and they basically said out of these two which one do you think won the election it was some you know state election or whatever and based on they they broke it all down based on the facial structures as to why people would vote for that person and those were the people 100 basically i think it was like a very high percentage of mm. people chose the one that that got elected over the other one and it had a lot to do with various facial features uh that they explained and that that explains it you know 100 percent right there yeah. well this goes back to our dna when we looked at somebody in the past we needed to be able to recognize them whether they were somebody we knew or didn't know so there was your facial features, and then we had to look at their body language and expressions to know whether they were happy or sad, and if it was somebody that we didn't know, be able to determine whether they were somebody who was a threat. Hmm. So this is all about survival. This is where it came from. That's exactly what they said. That's exactly. Hmm. They even showed the, the, you know, the fight or flight type of, the, you know, the, the we, when we had to fear cheetahs and, you know, or whatever when we was out in the wild and stuff. So how did you get into this? Where did, where did this all come from for you professionally? Oh, it's been a virtually a, a journey of life as far as um, uh, how I finally came into it. The face reading side of it is only about the last 10 or 12 years. But I started when I was 23 years old. I'd been trained in our national carrier, the telecommunications carrier over here. And I, was, I went from Sydney to where I live in Newcastle and put in charge of men who were all older than me. My second in charge was 38, so 15 years older. And so I had to get them on side. And then when I joined the surf club, became a surf lifesaver. I became the club captain of the beach that I was at and then zone supervisor looking after three beaches. And I thought, great, I'm in my 30s now. I'm the same age as everybody else who are on the committee. But as they pointed out to me that um, I'd only just done my bronze medallion a couple of years earlier and they'd been there since I were young kids. 
Mm. So now I had people who were more experienced but the same age. And then my wife in my late 30s, my first wife decided to uh, to leave and I had three boys to raise on my own. They were 4, 11 and 12. So I went from being the least or the youngest in uh, a business to the least experienced in a community organisation to then being, as I say, totally out of my depth, raising three boys and running two companies at the same time. So I've always been in the position I've had to read people very quickly. About the late 80s, I started really getting into the body language and then the NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Right, yeah. It's psychometric profiling with Myers-Briggs and DISC and other formats. And then a company brought me in uh, in the uh, early uh, 2000s and that's uh, to talk to them about why none of their students have ever made any money. They were currency traders and they taught currency trading and we started profiling with all the psychometric profiling techniques. And when we started teaching them, they didn't fit their profiles. And when I asked a few of them, well, how come you came out with this profile when you actually behave this way? They were trying to second guess what sort of a personality they, ha- they had to be to be a good trader. And I'm going, no, under stress, you'll always go back to your own type. That's the one we need to know. And we'll teach you how to, uh, to trade, but also to deal with your, psych- your personal psychology. Mm-hmm. And then somebody mentioned to me when I was helping a friend run a, um, a spiritual retreat, uh, and we did psychometric um, uh, workshops with people. This guy just mentioned to me, you ever looked at reading faces? And I'm the sort of person who thinks that the most important thing I'll ever learn is the next thing I learn after I think I know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was that. one of your coaches over there, John, John Wooden. Uh, so I then um, got on the internet, found Paul Ekman, who did all the research with the micro-expressions, and a uh, gorgeous lady who's become a very good friend of mine, Naomi Tickle, an English lady who lives in California as well, who worked with the facial features, and I trained with both of them. Then I realised that both of them weren't using what the others had, so I thought, this all works together. If your facial features tell me your personality, then I know, okay, these are the words I've got to use, and if I've read you right, the body language and the expressions are going to correlate, and therefore I know I've got rapport with you. So Uh what I put together has become unique worldwide. Absolutely. That's very impressive. I absolutely love that stuff, man. Uh, And it's extremely helpful. I can see how it's extremely helpful. And how do you, you know, And I want to learn a little bit more about how you train this, how you teach this to other people when you're working with other people and, and, you know, what's the time frame and some of the good news stories. But before we get into that, one of the questions I like to ask all of my guests uh, for various reasons is the kick in the gut moment. And this is a point in life where, you know, you just got kicked in the gut, sometimes a little bit lower. The pain is much greater. In some cases, this defines us and redirects our lives. But and you kind of touched on a few things, of course, when your wife um, and you had to take care of your three boys by yourself. But if you would share one of those kick in the gut moments with us, either personally or professionally, and really make us feel that. Okay, well, the uh, the one that really you know hit me in the guts and actually got me to change directions and started doing a lot of things differently was my second wife. I'd um, when I got married, my boys didn't uh, really like her that much. They moved out. My youngest boy was 16 at the time. We were only married for a couple of years, and then we broke up, and that you know that devastated me. And about that time, my boys were also uh, – one of them moved back with his mum, and they were always fighting. So we got together and you know, ended up speaking to her about it, and the only way that I could see the boys were going to respect her was if I taught them. So it was a kick in the guts that made me feel really low that I decided – I've got to look at my life completely differently. What have I been doing? What's really been serving me and what hasn't? And what was my real purpose on uh, this earth? 
and I realised that here I was, a father of three boys. I'd gone through the motions of, you know, raising them up to, um, you know, where my youngest one was now 16. But I hadn't really been present with them all the time. I was always, I worked from home, so I was there when they came home. But I was always, you know, focusing on the business, growing the business. And I started realising there's got to be more to life than that. And that's what's moving in the direction today with the men's groups and other things. It's helping uh, men to... Uh, you know, find their their direction so that they can be stronger men, not the man, but a man, mm. and not just a strong man, but a good man. And in that, be able to, uh, therefore, the benefit then is to their wives and to their children. So yeah. by focusing on the men. So it was that real, that just devastated me. As I said, I was totally in love, totally lost. And uh, when she walked out, I thought, what in the world am I doing? Mm. So that's where the changes came from. Yeah, that's definitely something that would change a man. Well, it would me anyway, um, and I'm and I'm glad it did for you because your boys are much better for it, and quite frankly, the world's much better for it. That's it, and this is the thing, as I say to everybody, you know, as parents, we're not carpenters and we're not gar sorry um, sculptors. Our job is not to turn our kids into something. We're gardeners. Our job is to nurture them and help them become the best versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. And if they grow up that way. You know, my job is not to make my sons like me. My job is to make my sons the best version of themselves, which means that they have a value straight away, whereas if I make them versions of me, they don't really become their own selves until I'm, I'm gone. Right, yeah. And, so, yeah. and that just creates a lot of resentment along the way uh, because they truly want to be themselves. I mean, it's like, you know, you think about putting an oak tree in a box, you know, it's it's going to stress out. It's it's just going to it's going to want to grow the way it's got to grow. Um, and if you put them in a box, they just resent you. Exactly. And, you know, because I've done it the way I've done it, I've got three sons that have grown up into very strong men that I uh, love and respect, which I'm uh, very proud of their, how they've grown. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So what are some good news stories that have come out of what you what you do? And I kind of wanted to get a little bit into, you know, the process of how you sit down with somebody and, and um, work with them for various reasons. Well, the thing that I probably have the best um, enjoyment with is when I work with families and, you know, parents and their children get completely different results. I'd actually, last Sunday, I had a um, an interview with one of my previous uh, clients it was about six years ago, right? Sorry, no, eight years ago when her son was six. He has um, Asperger's and the schools wanted him you know, taken out of the uh, normal uh, area into uh, special needs. He was already on heavily on uh, the medications. So I profiled him and again, this time from his photographs because he wouldn't sit still. So I got his mum to take some photographs and send them to me. She, we did a test of the uh, video and uh, she told me, this is eight years later, how it's completely changed their life, how it's changed his direction, how well he's grown. And it was, you know, almost in tears just listening to her on that because that's the stuff that drives me is when somebody in their family and that realised that they can do things better than, you know, just using medication. They didn't need the psychologist anymore. They've reduced his medication, which therefore made it easier for him to grow and, uh, and to uh, improve his academic levels. Because the drugs, you know, medication just get them to fit the box so that it makes it easier for the system. But it uh, doesn't look at the kids themselves. Well, doing it this way, it does. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see how that would get emotional, just the way you're able to change somebody like that and, um, well, help them grow themselves, actually, is what you're doing. Uh, from what I'm gathering, from what you're saying, it's just beautiful. 
So that's the part that I love the most. In business, it works really well as well. I had one gentleman who started training with me and uh, he said, well, I've got a, a couple of deals on the table. He said, one's worth $1.94 million and it's the, they won't go above 1.6. Uh, he's a builder. And uh, so I said, okay, well, tell me about their situation. Either, oh, this is the beginning of a franchise group that they're running. And I said, well, show me the faces. I had a look at the, the one who was pushing for the discount and his face was telling me he's not about the discount, he's about the service. His business partner was the one who was about the discount, about the money side of it. But he was also somebody who didn't like to do jobs over and over. He likes to start them and finish them and move on to the next one. So I said with the first one, talk to him about the service. Talk to him about this is the beginning. This is the flagship of all their buildings. It has to be the best. And I said the other one, talk to him about, well, if you get this one finished, they'll be able to start in the other building sooner. And that will mean they'll make more money. He spoke to them both that way, added $150,000 to the deal and signed them off on it. Wow. Wow. That is a, that is so amazing. And here's the thing about this, because I know some people are sitting out there and I've had these conversations before about um, persuasion. I was just watching some other videos. I watched a lot of stuff. The same show, actually, the one of the episodes on, on Brain Games was about persuasion and about how salespeople use this type of stuff and, and politicians and all this kind of thing. And automatically, some people's minds go to, well, it's manipulation, it's unfair advantage, blah, 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 stuff like this. And no, the way I see it is, and I want you to share what your thought process is on this, is you're helping people get to where they want to be um, and helping them get out of their own way because you have this special skill and this, this knowledge uh, about their personality and their traits. What are your thoughts on that? How, what do you respond to that? Well, I usually say to people, well, when you've applied for a job, did you go through a questioning uh, uh, system? And that, uh, and what they would have done was put you into a box. And I usually say to people, do you prefer to be treated like everybody else is put in that same box? Or do you want to be treated as an individual? Because it always comes to the intent behind what I do. And so if I'm able to read you and see you how you really are and really connect with you on that personal level, are you going to feel better about that than if I just treat you like everybody else in that um, that box? And the answer is always, I want to be treated as I as I really am. I want to be seen for who I am, not for somebody that, you know, lesser, but somebody uh, has put me into uh, a different category. And so it's always about, as I say to people, everything is manipulation. Mm. Uh, but manipulation is not really a dirty word. It's the ter the the value we've put behind it. It's like when your father, you, you come home from uh, from school, you're doing the wrong thing and your mother would say to you, well, you know, um, you keep that up. The consequence is when your dad gets home, you better smack. And we thought consequence was a dirty word. But consequence is just if you do one thing, you'll get a diff this result. If you do something different, you'll get a different result. And it's the same thing with manipulation. We're steering people to, if you can guide someone to actually see life better, to make better choices and everything else, then isn't that um, a decent thing to do? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's always the intent behind it. And as I say to people, if you tell people lies, it takes a lot of work to remember the lies. <laughs> and if you manipulate people on the same level, it takes a lot of work to continually manipulate them. But if you genuinely connect with them, you've got a friend for life. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful words. I've, I've used myself exactly that. Uh, it's it's I, I just I'm a terrible liar because I don't have the memory for it. 
That's it. Well, I had people say to me, what's your 15-second elevator speech? And I said, well, it's not even that. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, if people ask me what I do, I tell them I clear rooms. And they go, what, you clean rooms? No, no, I clear rooms. And they go, what's that? And I said, yeah, well, when people find out what I do, they all run out of the room. But when they find out why and how I do it, they come back and they bring their friends with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm super intrigued by it. I'd uh, I'd be like, read me, read that person, read, you know, pulling pictures out of my wallet (laughs) or on my phone or whatever, and just having a lot of fun with it. And I find it very useful. It it does because you you can look at people and get an idea. You can pick up, you know, from their body language and other things. You you can tell whether they're in a bad state, emotional state or whatever. And if they're grumpy or whatever, you know that it's got nothing to do with you. And so you don't get affected by other people's moods as well when you're able to read them. But how amazing is that to be a leader of an organization and be able to read your employees and your yeah. your other executives and supervisors in such a way? That's it. See, I was gobsmacked just recently. I'd put up a post on uh, LinkedIn, and all it was was a picture of Richard Branson and the words, take care of your employees and they'll take mm-hmm. care of your business. It's that simple. Well, that one got over 50-something thousand uh, responses in, or had about, what's it, almost 5,000 shares alone. I then put another one up with a similar picture of him, but same thing, but leading into it, customers don't come first, employees come first. Mm -hmm. And, well, between that and those two posts and a a video that I put up that explained what what the words really mean, because people take it on the words themselves and don't look at the meaning behind it, I've had over 93,000 responses. And that's since uh, February. So um, it's an area of great contention where most people, 87% of people, are disengaged in their work. Oh, absolutely. That's at the moment. And if that's the case, there's a lot of unhappy people out there. So you can imagine if you're a, a CEO of a company and you're able to read your people more effectively and connect with them on a personal level, that those people feel valued, they feel valued, they're going to be more productive and you're going to make more money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Customers are going to be happy. Everything's going to be done better. The whole thing. Absolutely. And if anybody, from what I understand and from what I've read and seen and followed Richard Branson for quite some time myself, if anybody treats his employees well, it's him. That's it. As I said, if you treat your employees really well, you're really putting your customers first. That's what people didn't realize. (laughs) Because to truly look after your customers, they have to have uh, your staff that are really switched on that want to be there to help them. That's how you put your customers first. It's not separating the two. That's what I couldn't understand. It. I think I've got three or four people, I can count them on one hand, that actually understood what the words meant. Because yeah, everyone brilliant. just took it on the face value out of the 90-odd thousand. Wow, that's awesome. That's just brilliant. So, Alan, we're at the point of the show where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Yep. All of you amazing small business owners out there, I want to talk to you for just a second. Are you still having fun in your business? Is it still as fun as you thought it would be two, three, four, five years ago when you first got started? Chances are, if it's not, it's because you're not making the revenue that you thought you would. You're putting more hours in than you ever imagined that you ever would put into a job. And you're just really just kind of keeping it afloat. And that's not a great way to live. I want to help you with that. I want you to have as much fun as I'm having on a daily basis. I don't know that you'll ever be able to work out of your home like I do because of the nature of your business, but I want you to be able to spend more time with family and improve your health instead of degrade your health through spending more time at work, more time in the business. I want you working on your business instead of in your business. 
Now, if this is your first exposure to me, chances are you don't know me from anybody. And I totally get it that you would question, who is this Wally guy? What can he really do for me? So here's what I'm going to do for you, for all of you. I'm going to offer you 30 days free into two of my programs, my DIY program and my group mastermind program. I'm not going to lay it all out right here because I want to get back to the conversation. But go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. I've put a short video there introducing myself and I've put some more information there that you can evaluate and take a look at what it is that I can do for your business. And look, I am willing to work with you for 30 days because I am very confident of the results that I can give you in your business in the first 30 days of you working with me. In fact, on our first 45 minute conversation, I'm going to show you where you have ten dollars to $50,000 hidden in your business. That's child's play for me. I'm not only going to show you where that's at, I'm going to give you strategies on how to uncover that money that's hidden in your business. Now, you can either go to the show notes of this episode or go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, so share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Main thing is to, if you are able to understand other people, the first thing is understand yourself because that's going to improve your life. By understanding your own personality, then you understand the other person's personality and you speak to them in the way that they need to be spoken to. That's always the, uh, the best way to create a relationship. And in that, you're going to feel better about yourself as well. But one thing I always say to men is that, you know, don't try and become a uh, the man because you're only up there in that position for a short time because somebody else comes along and knocks you off that perch. So but being a good man, you know, uh, is a main focus. So you do that by understanding yourself, understanding other people and connecting with them in the right way, in the way that they need to be connected to. That's always a place to start. Yeah, that's excellent. What habits make the biggest impact in your life? Ooh, what habits? I would say the most important thing, first of all, is um, having a, a personal check when I wake up in the morning and making sure that I, re- I continue. Well, one of the things I just recently finished was a 30-day program with one of my friends. He works with you know a process called Pain Free. So we're looking at the connection between the physical and the emotional uh, uh, situations in the body because the pains that come and go have got to be more than mechanical. And so we worked through that. And in that, I had been journaling before, but I really started focusing on the journaling and I started slowing my thinking down. So before I go to bed was doing a bit of journaling and thinking, you know, what I'd be grateful for that day, the things that have happened, how they connected, but looking for the people that had helped me, how could I help them as well? Because if I connect with anybody, the last thing I do is look at them as being a client. I first of all look at them, well, how can we collaborate? How can I help them with what they're doing? How can I help the people in their uh, network? And how can they help the people in my network? And if you follow that approach by putting other people first, you always uh, get looked after in a much bigger way. So you take the focus off yourself. So when I sit down, I do the journaling. That reminds me to go through that and take note of who I've actually helped that day and uh, what the outcomes for them and the people that I connected them with have been. Because I know if I'm doing that, then I'm always going to be front of mind with those people as well. Yeah, that's very, very powerful. 
Yeah, well, if I grow with other people, I've always got friends around me. There's always people when I feel down, there's always those that are going to lift me back up because I think, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are and how far you've come up, there's always going to be days when your emotions are going to slip in the in the way. And having other people around you who understand you, they don't correct you, but they give you, you know, just by being there and the things that they say, you re-question yourself. You don't have other people questioning you, but you re-question yourself. You go, oh, yeah, I can do that differently. Mm-hmm. So find the best people uh, that support you. And we've only got so much space for people around us, so select the right ones so that uh, they're supporting you and you're supporting them. Yeah, for sure. What are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders and why? I'm really uh, not so much into uh, reading at the moment because I'm always on the go. So if I do read, it will be a, an ebook, uh, which will be uh, played through the audio system. Um, but what I'm mainly listening to at the moment is podcasts of other people. I'm not really looking at people like Richard Branson and others. I've done a lot of reading in that area. Because now I've, people say, well, who are the people that I, who uh, uh, I admire and who, are, who teach me, who are my teachers? It's everybody I meet. So somebody is just starting out doing podcasts, for instance. I'll listen to their podcasts. Um, I'll find out who's on those and I'll see what ideas I can get from there because I know that those people will be seeing things differently to those that have been uh, well-published authors. And they've got uh, some value in what they do as well because – on the surf club, for instance, when I was examining the kids for their bronze medallions and they'd tell me how they saw the surf, I was le- learning so much from them in looking with different eyes. So everybody's my teacher. That's the way I look at it. So I know that somebody's putting some podcasts off. I know they're keen about what they do. They're passionate. Then that's something I'm going to listen to. Yeah, obviously I listen to a lot of podcasts too. Sometimes I have to kind of curb myself and, and focus <laughs> on what podcasts to listen to because I get so many. But for sure, man, and I love that everybody, everyone is my teacher. I absolutely love that phrase. What do you What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Well, I'm not quite sure. Some people always say that it's the um, the fear of the unknown. Well, that's one thing. Or it's definitely not fear of failure because by doing nothing, you've already failed. Hmm. So right. you got there really fast. So I think it's fear of success for a lot of people. And I think finding someone's, you know, their own true value, their own true brilliance scares us because I think the biggest problem with bullying in the schools and everything else that's going on at the moment, the percentage of people who have got low self-esteem is massive. Hmm. It's a, you know extremely high percentage. And that being the case, then I think it's the fear of success because they've got to be somebody different. That brings the fear in. Now, how can I be all of that when I feel this way? That's why I say to people, get around the right people so that that elevates that feeling. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Kind of a side note here, a side question, actually. What do you feel is one of the common causes of... um this low self-esteem that is just rampant, it seems like, these days? Well, I think one of the biggest problems is this striving. I think a lot of the magazines and other things that we read and all the rest of it, all the the ads that we hear, where we have to be the man or we have to be the glamorous woman or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. the end result is that we're striving for something that we don't really want. There's an old saying that you work all your life, you work really hard all your life to make money, to go and buy things that you don't need or uh, want, to uh, impress people you don't know and probably wouldn't like if you did know them. Mm -hmm. And that's where most people are at. They're not 
it's always outside of themselves. They're always trying to impress other people. You know, who are you inside? Are you comfortable with who you are? That's the first place you've got to start. And unless you start internally, you're not going to fix anything externally. And as I said, if you're trying to be the man and every other man's trying to be the man, it's a permanent competition all the time. And that becomes a lonely place because you're competing against everybody. There's no camaraderie. In a, you know, you say a, a sprint, for instance, you know, there's a competition in the sprint. But after the sprint, there's a camaraderie of being runners and everything else. But when you're trying to be the man, it's a 24-7 competition. And you're never with anybody else. You're always isolated. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's happened to all of us. We're in that competition mode, you know, 24-7. And we need to go, okay, what's really important in life? Is it the Ferrari or is it what the Ferrari means to us that we've been successful, that we've been, we have money, we're able to look after our families, a peace of mind. What is the benefit behind the things that we think we want? And going that level deeper and going, okay, if I do want uh, the red Ferrari, for instance, well, what does that really mean to me? You know, what does it really represent? And get down into the emotional level and then you'll realise that you don't need the red Ferrari. It's what it represented that you're really targeting and that makes it easier to achieve what you're after. Yeah, exactly. And then the other question that that poses in my mind anyway is why is that important? Because who who is is that important to, that feeling that you're going to get of having the red Ferrari and what that means to you? And in some cases, in my mind anyway, it's not for the right people anyway because the people around you could care less if you have a Ferrari. Exactly. You know, your friends, your your children, they want your time. They mm-hmm. want your, you, know, you to be there. You want the, they want you to be present. You know, they don't, it doesn't matter to them whether you've got a red Ferrari. Okay, then they go to school and they impress their mates. Oh, your dad's got a red Ferrari. But if you listen to the tone of voice, there's an emptiness in there, even though they're, you know, they're boasting about that having a red Ferrari. Yeah, dad's got a red Ferrari, but it's in the garage, but I never see dad. So you know, mm. where's the where's the fun in that? Where's the good in that? So That's so what it. does living a life of abundance mean to you, Alan? It means living on purpose, and that's pretty much what I've done. I found what I really love doing. Uh, it took me a while to spend the time to really get the the picture of what that represented to me. And living abundantly, I've got these friends around me. I've got people that I'll hear from clients. You know, as I said, eight years later, still getting results. I'll hear that other people have been talking about, you know, talking to a friend who's got some issues. Oh, you've got to talk to Alan. Uh, knowing that what I'm doing, not so much that they need to talk, they want to talk to me, but they get the value out of what I do. And that was the thing for me to be living on purpose, enjoy life, knowing where I'm going and everything else. And the wealth that comes out of that is the feelings that you get. You know, the money might buy you things, but what you actually feel inside is far more valuable. That will impact on your health, your longevity, and everything else. Wonderful. Absolutely love it. So, brother, we're going to close this up. But before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation? Obviously, we are going to have your website, alanstevens.com.au, linked mm-hmm. up in the show notes of the of the episode but what else would you like to share with us or make sure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Not a problem. Yeah, what you mentioned before about how I train, I, I train face-to-face. I train small groups, individuals, corporations. Uh, I've got online courses so people can self-pace and learn you know, things like how to build instant rapport. That's programs. You know, It's a professional development program for a range of different industries and also the same program I teach teachers how to read the kids with. 
so they've got those online. But one of the things, you know, because we're talking about men of abundance, it's having men to come back around the campfire as we did in ancient times where men would sit, we'd talk about things seriously, we would uh, support each other. And while the, we were doing that, the boys would be listening and the boys would then grow into manhood through what they learnt from the men who were talking. So I'd put together a, um, a, a Facebook group called uh, The Campfire Project. Uh, there's a lot of interviews that I'm doing with other men and they're talking about uh, their lives, what it was to be, you know, grow into manhood and how they worked with their families and everything else. Those interviews are only on that um, Facebook uh, group and I've just loved more and more men to just join the group. The reason I'm keeping it in there is I wanted men to actually take the step and go, okay, I want to be part of this, click the button to uh, join the group and then come in and have conversations. Some of the conversations between these guys, it's like being at the campfire. You know, where they were very, you know, somebody to talk about some issues I had, and everybody be very constructive and very supportive. Yeah, I, I absolutely love groups like that, and um, I'll certainly be checking that out um, more myself. And as a matter of fact, so thanks for sharing that. Of course, we will also have that linked up in the show notes. So, guys, you don't have to write that stuff down. You can go to the show notes and um, just check it out there. Click on the links and all that good stuff. So, Alan. It has been a wonderful conversation, man. I'm definitely going to be looking more into this because it, it really intrigues me. I really enjoy it. Uh, Excellent. And, uh, man, just go out and live your life of abundance and keep paying it forward because I am I just know it's making a difference. Thanks very much. I really have enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you very much. Awesome. All right, guys. So your action step today, quite frankly, is to get into the resources that I mentioned during the show. Check out Alan's site and see what you can learn about reading other people and the importance of reading other people and see if you can even find somebody or even connect with Alan who can kind of read you and see if they see something different than you see in yourself. I find that very beneficial. Alan read me a little bit after the show, after our conversation. He talked a little bit about during the conversation what he saw in me just from a picture, but then after having the conversation with me along with the picture, uh, he read me a little bit. It was quite revealing. And I personally found value in it. I hope you do too. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.